Welcome to The Cobot Show, the podcast that breaks down the barriers of industrial automation. My name is Danielle Marlette from Universal Robots, and talking with me today is Joe Campbell, industrial marketeer who has been in the industry for over 40 years. We also have with us a guest speaker, Steve Zaleski, ActiNav sales manager focused on assisting in global deployment of ActiNav. And today, we're going to talk about justifying ActiNav, the autonomous bin picking solution. So Joe, Steve, take it away. Steve, welcome. We are really glad to have you on the show today. This is an interesting topic, and I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks. Thanks very much, Joe. Uh, this is this is you know it's it's so time uh, relevant here, based on what's going on in the world today. To look at uh, how how can I get more automation in my in my plant in my factory, and uh, Actinav is is really here at the right time. Well, so let's talk about how Actinav gets justified because, mm -hmm. as you and I both know, you don't spend capital dollars without a clear justification. Right. Um, I think when when we look at our our history at Universal, justifying a straightforward machine tending application with our cobot is is pretty much a no-brainer, uh, even for a single shift operation. But Actinav is a little more complex, a little bit more expensive. And what does that do to the justification formula? It's a good it's a good place to start because you know fundamentally um, all of the plant managers or owners are going to want to understand the ROI for any automation project, right? Um, and the basics of the ROI for a bin picking application, including Actinav, are, are really are, are really the same basics as you would normally think of when you're thinking through implementing um, a pick and place machine tending application like people have done for years with universal robots. Um, so basically you're looking at the savings that are coming from not needing an operator in that particular operation. But there's a bunch of other factors that we can get into that might also come into play. Well, that's that's interesting because we know that you know anytime you can free up an operator to do higher value work, it's it's a positive. Uh, it's it's definitely a win. Um, but what about the machine utilization? Does does ActiNav improve machine utilization? Because that is a topic that uh, I hear routinely now from plant managers. Right. So as you know, with um, whether it's a um, uh, a, a, a machining, a CNC machine, or some other production equipment. These are usually high dollar, high capital uh, items that have been put on the shop floor. And the goal for, for any plant is to keep those machines as fully utilized as possible. Um, and then, you know, again, within the context of a, a normal um, human operator tending application, um, there's there's downtimes. People may show up late for shifts. People may have to take breaks per their contract. Obviously, there's lunch hours and things like this. The goal of any automation product uh, project, and of course with Actinav for 3D bin picking, is to always be always have those that expensive equipment in use in production, so that it's 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 making as much money for you as possible. Is, um, is there a sweet spot that you target? I, I know we've had many discussions about cycle time being a really important qualifier. Does that play heavily into the financial justification? It sure does. It sure does. So, you know, basically, if I've got something that's running at a, a machining operation, then the machine runs at a 10 second, uh, 10, I'm sorry, 10 minute 
um, cycle time, generally speaking, a, a, a productive way of, of tending that machine is to, to queue up a, 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 a row of parts that can be, with a simple pick and place UR application can be, you know, loaded into that machine once every 10 minutes. Well, you have a situation where your, your machining time is between 10 seconds and 90 seconds. Generally speaking, an operator cannot leave that area. They're always there ready to tend the machine, like I said, so that it's always operating. That's the sweet spot. So if, if you've got an operation that's somewhere between the 10 and 90 second range and it involves um, bin picking, um, that's that's where we'd want to target ActinApp. So the longer cycle times enable an operator to service multiple machines. But Correct. the cycle times in this 10 to 90 second range, you still have a one machine, one operator ratio. And I guess at 90 seconds there, it's 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 fairly inefficient. It, it is. And so um, and, and let's 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 step back for a second. Let's remember that, you know, there's there's few jobs that are less desirable than picking parts out of a bin and loading them into machines. Um, so if you were doing that once every 20 minutes, it's one thing. But if you're literally uh, standing by the machine all shift long, uh, doing that same operation over and over again, it's the one that it's the one that your your workers are going to are going to ask out of <laughs> as soon as they possibly can uh, when they get some tenure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. It is kind of sounds like an entry level entry level role from that standpoint. Right. Right. So, you know, I think, um, you know, everybody is, has um, demands on their, on their vital labor pool. And right now, act, again, like I said, Actinav is in the right time, right place for uh, automating the, these tasks that really nobody wants to do. And if you're having trouble trying to get enough um, labor in your plant for whatever reason, either hiring or because of social distancing, I think these are the applications that a plant manager needs to target. That's interesting. Can can ActiNav be justified on a single shift operation? Um, you know, it's it, you'd have to look at some of the other intangibles. Generally, what we're looking when we get when we look at ActiNav is you've got about uh, with a UR robot. So ActiNav is uh, the bin picking solution that works. Um, uh, solely with uh, UR robots, a UR5 or a UR10 E-series. And as a package, you're including an end effector and probably some fixturing, you're probably in the $100,000 range. And generally, given um, a two-shift operation with typical labor rates that we might see here in North America, um, you know, we're looking for an ROI of somewhere between 14 and 18 months. So um, not quite as short as you might see from a, a simple pick and place application that can be done maybe under $50,000, but um, certainly something well within a two-year time frame. Um, Steve, that's a really good point to follow here. In a typical machine tending uh, installation, we routinely see what we call shift extensions. Right. It's basically, you know, maybe they're only running one shift, but the, the cell continues to operate unmanned uh, into the following shift. Um, I would expect Acunav can operate untended uh, and for a fair number of cycles. And wouldn't that extend the justification considerably? Sure, sure. I think um, the thing to keep in mind with with um, 
with Actinav is again, it's it's a 3D uh, bin picking application. So generally, I have a bin full of parts, and depending on the t the size of the parts and the cycle time that we're trying to support, um, I can run for you know an hour or two, or I can run for several hours. In some cases, I can run for an entire shift with a bin full of parts. It really is very dependent on the application. But what we're seeing is that you know people that have you know um, uh, an off shift, you know, like that that you know um, lights out third shift, there still might be one uh, or two operators that are there that can tend multiple um, bin picking applications where you know once every couple of hours the, the bin needs to be refilled okay and by the way as part of the ActiNav solution we we can uh, trigger um, operator notification that the bin needs to be refilled so it's not something you have to stand around and, and wait for it, it's uh, it's an automatic trigger that we can signal somebody well that would uh, that would definitely contribute to the savings because now you're really increasing machine utilization and um, in production capacity and I do know some companies actually track that and include that in the justification calculations, which is very good for us. Sure, and and in some high volume um, um, customers, what we've also seen is they've they've actually automated the process of refilling the bin, so they have a, you know a larger container that can be used to uh, fill the bin at appropriate intervals to support this kind of lights out uh, manufacturing. So that's for high volume. What about for low volume, high mix operations? I mean, that's been a sweet spot for Universal for years. Uh, does that hold true sure. for Actinav? Sure. So the, the exact same mindset that, that we've always had at UR on being able to uh, very quickly swap over uh, programs and end effectors um, for high mix applications uh, also is supported with Actinav. It's one of the design tenants that we had with Actinav is to be able to operate in that kind of environment. Um, so the, the the changeover from part to part is extremely simple. Uh, it's no different than changing parts on a typical uh, UR pick and place application. You can store over a hundred part programs on Actinav. Um, you can uh, you can even swap out bin sizes as part of your part changeover because we store the bins. And their and their CAD models uh, separately um, as part of uh, the Actinav um, uh, you know uh, program uh, experience. So one concept that we talk a lot about is uh, this concept of robot as a tool, uh, particularly in the uh, low volume, high mix, or or contract manufacturing environment, um, where where robots are mobile, they're cart mounted and move from machine to machine depending on the production mix of that day or week. Is Actinav appropriate for that type of installation? Sure, I think I think in those kind of applications, it's important to have either an in-house automation team or perhaps an integrator that has designed that, um, that kind of mobile uh, movement system where the robot can be brought into a, the bin picking uh, work cell and be registered very accurately. Um, remember what we're trying to do here is a really sophisticated 3D visual um, random bin picking application with very tight tolerances um, without having requiring the user to know anything about vision. I mean, this is the magic of Actinav. But one thing that is important is that when the robot gets 
brought from cell to cell that it is registered accurately um, so that you can just start the program for that cell and start running. So you mentioned integrators. Does does this a do-it-yourself product, or does it require an integrator, or are we kind of kind of in the middle ground there? Great question. Great question. I think what we've done is we've tried to really design ActiNav to be um, very simple to use for somebody that is not a vision expert and not a robot programming expert. Um, and so uh, in that light, you would say, okay, it's perfect for the in-house automation team where they're working on multiple projects. And if they could do a 3D vision application very simply, they'd love to try it. Um, but also we have a number of integrators that have been doing projects with Actinav and they think it's the, the, the thing that they've been waiting for because it allows them to aggressively quote these complex uh, what has been a complex 3D um, vision application in, in, and be able to implement them in much less time so they can quote them very aggressively and win business um, that they might not uh, normally get because the, the threshold to getting um, uh, you know, an integrator to do a 3D vision application generally can be $150,000 or more just to, just to get started on the programming of that project. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that the path generation slashes weeks of programming out of the typical installation. Is that a fair statement? Correct. I mean, you know, one of the things we like to talk about is, you know, we, you know, what might might have taken several hundred lines of code in a in a pick and place programming effort can be done in in about six lines of code with with ActiNav, um, and that's because all of the path programming, all of the path planning is completely autonomous. Um, that's what we mean by autonomous bin picking. Uh, good, understood. So give us give us a sense of the uh, the golden project, the perfect application, the perfect the perfect business case. And I understand there there aren't many of those, but what does the perfect business case for Acunav look like? Well so so it's it's good and it's fairly broad. And uh, so, you know, if I if I might uh, I might go on for a bit here, but basically, um, you know, we're looking for part sizes that um, will be maybe uh, 40 millimeters by 15 millimeters on the small end, up to something that's uh, I don't know bread box size at the large end. The, the only issue with very large parts is you do have to think about how you're going to re be refilling the bin on a regular basis because we will, we will be clearing those, those parts out of the bin very, very quickly. Um, but generally, you know, we're working with uh, um, uh, parts that are, you know, if you put two, two hands, two fists together side by side, something mm -hmm. in, that, in that size range uh, or smaller, smaller, like I said, down to about maybe a 40 millimeter by 15 millimeter part. A lot of those parts seem to be cylindrical um, we're using three different types of uh, end-of-arm tooling today that we support. One is uh, vacuum gripping, the other is uh, ID uh, mechanical gripping, and then of course magnetic grippers. So, uh, so really wide range of parts can be picked with those three different options. Um, and then like we talked about earlier, generally, you know, our cycle times uh, are going to be between 10 and 20 seconds for the complete application, meaning uh, going from the home position of the robot, going into the bin, grabbing the part, um, 
path planning outside of the bin into a known fixed uh, place position and then coming back to the home position. So that cycle can be 10 to 20 seconds. It's generally closer to 20 seconds if we are doing a regrip operation. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, the way we're tending the machines, we end up having to regrip a part anyway, because I can only load, let's say, a part from the top uh, into a milling machine or sure. into a nut uh, welding machine or something like that. So I'll, I'll grab the parts out of the bin any way I can, put them in a, a, a regrip fixture, and then and then place them uh, accordingly. Um, and that'll that'll generally be at the high end, the 20 second cycle time range. But if I go to direct placement, it's it's generally close to 10 to 12 seconds. And yep. um, and that and that's it. I mean, uh, plastic uh, extruded parts, uh, stamped parts, uh, forged parts. Uh, I mean, literally, um, it, you know, parts that coming from any type of of uh, raw material operation that gets gets machined or or uh, or manufactured in steps where each step has been associated with it to get it to the next stage is a great application for us to look at. Yeah, and so it is also good to hear that we're not just looking for machine lo machine tool loading uh, applications. Um, this really could be any kind of load that requires precision placement, is that right? Sure, in fact, I would say, you know, half of our applications that we've looked at are um, people that are looking to put uh, parts um, into um, fixtures or jigs that then get processed in another manufacturing operation. They might get um, um, ultrasonic welded uh, on plastic parts, or like I said, maybe a, a nut gets welded to a bracket. Um, things that aren't just, you know, um, bringing parts in and out of machine, uh, CNC type machining operations. Perfect. Uh, I also understand, in fact, I just saw the one of the prototypes yesterday that um, Universal has a new tool that can help uh, help automation engineers and manufacturing engineers really determine in advance if they have a good part or a good process for acting AF. Could you could you speak to that for a little bit? Yeah, that's a great point. So we're trying to make it uh, easy for customers to kind of sort out whether or not they have a, a a good fit for for Actinav um, bin picking uh, on their own before they even engage their local distributor. So on the on our website, um, there is a um, kind of a, a, a simple set of questions that you can go through a questionnaire that will allow you to determine if you are likely to have a good candidate for Actinav. And then from there, we have another tool that will be that will be um, launching here shortly which is a, uh, you know, a, a submission form for us to, uh, or your distributor to take in to evaluate uh, certain parts. And that's a one page form that basically to fill it out, it's no longer than 10 or 12 minutes to fill it out, including attaching some pictures of your parts. Oh, um, so we feel, we feel like that's the thing that's gonna really say, say to people, why not, why not let my distributor take a look at this and evaluate whether or not it's a good, good bin picking application, right? That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Um, so, to to summarize here, it it seems I've heard a couple of interesting things. One is it sounds like Actinav is really controlling the 
what has been a traditionally very high cost for bin picking applications. Um, and it sounds like the programming is reduced and we have all the benefits of collaborative technology, right? No safety guarding, no hard mounting required. Uh, sounds like the risk has been reduced significantly. And then it sounds like on the other end of the equation, you've got a, 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 whole, a whole suite of um, cost savings, cost reduction and capacity increase um, arguments for the justification. So it sounds like a pretty positive message. Yeah, that's correct, Joe. I mean, I think we've really focused our discussion around how do people think about uh, justifying uh, 3D bin picking uh, when compared to other types of automation projects that they might have. I think the thing that really is is breakthrough here um, is there's a number of technical features that are part of the ActinF solution that you know we have um, you know videos that we'll we'll be showing here at our our um, our, our trade show and uh, on our website that really um, will go through some of the powerful technology that's in the solution that allows us to be so effective at 3D bin picking where other, historically, this has been one of the things that nobody is able to, to, to get done uh, rapidly and repeatedly in a, in a manufacturing operation. That's good. Well, that also brings up the uh, the point you made about the uh, the Cobot Expo. Uh, mm -hmm. For our listeners uh, who are listening to this podcast, um, even after the fact, the uh, the Cobot Expo will be available for viewing. Uh, it is a truly interactive trade show, uh, uh, virtual online with uh, 39 different exhibits, including Acting App. So we'd be excited to have have people investigate our product line that way. Very good. Yes, and we're we're excited to to get people into our virtual Actinav booth and uh, and hopefully get some chat ses sessions going with some of the customers. Excellent, Danielle. Do you want to tell our reader or listeners where they can find more information about Actinav and Universal? Yes, I can, Steve. I just wanted to thank you again for coming on to our podcast and discussing uh, justifying the Actinav autonomous bin picking solution. Um, and if you'd like to register for the Cobot Expo, visit our website, universal-robots.com to learn more about the ActiNav solution and various other universal robots applications. And we have a slew of automation information. So if you aren't already following the Cobot show, follow us here on Spotify. You can also email ur.na at universal-robots.com if you have a specific question about what we discussed today or if you have a suggestion for a future podcast.